Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is actor David Dasmalchian, who you may know from films like Ant-Man, Blade Runner 2049, The Dark Knight, as well as shows like MacGyver, Twin Peaks, The Flash, and more. He stars in the new film, The Suicide Squad, which is written and directed by James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy fame. The movie is a standalone film and not a sequel or reboot of the 2016 film, Suicide Squad. David plays the polka dot man. My time with David was short and sweet, and I found him to be as charming and approachable as he is talented. The interview was recorded in May over the internet with David in LA and myself in South Carolina. So please forgive any audio weirdness. So David, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. How are Absolutely. you Absolutely, I'm doing really good because I get to talk to you. And I know we had the <laughs> privilege of talking a couple years ago, but I'm so glad you're doing our podcast. Yeah, it's, well, I'm excited to be here and I'm so excited to talk about it. There's so much to catch up on. It's been a long time since we've chatted, so this is going to be really fun. <laughs> Anything big happen? <laughs> I don't well, know. I, mean, I haven't really been watching the news the last three, four years. I Last year seemed like not much really going on, you know, just uh, kind of sitting around. Pretty quiet. The world seems pretty chill. Well, I hope you and your family's safe. I, I'll, I will say that. Thank you. It's it's been uh, it's been quite a time. We all know everyone who's listening. Obviously, it's we've all been through hell and back, and now it feels like we're starting to really see the light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like the world is starting to really open up again. It feels like um, the science is really helping keep us safe. And um, I got closer than ever before with my family. I'm really grateful. My wife and my kids. Um, are the rock and the the kind of source of all that I, I can do in this world. And so being able to, you know, endure this with them and support each other and find ways to um, do our best to be as productive and healthy as possible was, um, it was a challenge, but it, it really feels like we've all grown so much. And I'm, I'm really excited now for the time that is ahead for us as a society. And I'm excited for us to get back to the movies. I'm excited for us to be able to gather together safely and like celebrate superheroes and scary things in sci-fi. I can't wait. Well, I think that's the whole interview there. So (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of us feel the same way and hope for the same things. And I think uh, that's maybe a good segue right into the, one of the films you have coming out, which is the Suicide Squad. And just for clarity at the time I'm recording this, the film is not out yet. I have only seen the trailers like everybody else has. Me too. um, I have not seen the film. I've only seen the trailers (laughs) and um, they're amazing. Am I right? I mean, the trailer is I've, I've watched the trailer. I will say it's my kid's fault, but I'm probably to blame too, at least a hundred times. <laughs> How old are your kids, by the way? Um, my daughter is almost four. Her birthday is next week. And for her birthday, she has insisted upon a Harley Quinn birthday party. So we are doing our best to get her her Harley Quinn costume, her Harley Quinn decorations, a Harley Quinn bouncy house. And my son is seven. He's very into Pokemon and Last Kids on Earth, and he loves comic books. And both of my kids are are the most excited kids that probably have ever been for a movie that they're not going to be allowed to see for <laughs> at least another five, six, seven years. There's no way I can let my kids as, as, as a good conscience parent see The Suicide Squad. The movie is R-rated. Trust me, I was there on set. There are some 
things that are so awesome, but not right for a three, four-year-old to watch. I'm really glad you, you reinforced that so we fit, we don't have to call parental services. Or <laughs> <to do>. and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but um, let's talk what we can about the film. I mean, you've said you've only seen the trailer, but what's it like like when you're in a movie that's this big and there's so much like um, hype behind it, such a big cast? It's surreal. It is super surreal. Um, it's, 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 it's weird having grown up being such a fan of both comic books and movies of this nature. And then you know, spending your life going to the cinema and watching trailers for movies and being like, wow, you know, as a, I'm a dreamer, we all are, but I, I you know, I pursued a, a, a career and a path that's kind of ludicrous, you know, to be an actor and to dream when I would watch a movie in the, in the theater and the trailers play and go, how crazy would it feel if I was actually in a trailer? Like that seems bonkers. And then this experience happened and when we first saw the first trailer, that red band trailer that came out, my wife and I, um, we were like kids. We were jumping <laughs> up and down. Like this is, it's bonkers, man. It's, it's super surreal. Well, and you're playing polka dot man. What can you tell us about the character? Well, as you have probably gathered from the trailer, he is not the most upbeat fellow. Um, he's not super thrilled about, um, life and so for polka dot man abner his name's abner krill um being a part of this journey and going on this um is uh you know it's it it's it's like he he's he's not the most confident guy he definitely is um not got the coolest superhero name in the world and interestingly for me personally um, I connected with the character instantly. As soon as James told me even a little bit about Abner and his journey and what his involvement would be with the film, I I instantly connected. And James did not know this about me when he cast me in his film, but I have uh, a skin condition called vitiligo, which is an autoimmune disorder that um, erodes the pigment in my skin. And so I have polka dots, especially at points of rotation. My hands are completely white. Um, I have big spots on my elbows, my knees, different parts of my back, my chest. Um, growing up as a kid, going to the pool, being around, you know, you know, your neighbors and others who would bully me and call me things like polka dots or spots or Dalmatian or whatever else I got. Um, it was really kind of powerful and cathartic for me to get to be Abner and be this guy who's kind of humiliated and has this like kind of ridiculous um, get up. And yet um, to try and bring that to the, the, the to, to, to life in the best way I could possibly do it. It was, it was really cool. I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause I feel like, um, you know, we, we all have our own things we grow up with. Some of them are things that we can't control like that. And, let alone to be able to to be on the big screen in such a um, a, a huge way, uh, and have that be um, um, kind of a not a reversal, but like a hey, well look who's Mister Polka Dot now, you know? Yeah, well, no, and and, th- and if you think about it, we've all got our spots, we've all got our polka dots, and we've all got our things that that um, 
you know, could be a gift if you look at it in one way, or they could be an embarrassment if you look at them in another way. And whether they're on the outside, if it's something in your appearance, if it's something in, you know, the way that you move, if it's something in the way that you, you know, something you don't like about your outward self, or if it's something on the inside, which I think is as common as anything. I mean, I think we all deal with and wrestle with Mm -hmm. shame and embarrassment about our spots on the inside. And if those spots are anxiety, if they're depression, if you have, you know, any kind of mental health issues, if you have any kinds of self-doubt, if you're wrestling with, you know, social, um, you know, phobias, et cetera, that all can manifest itself in ways that debilitate us and that make us not want to get up and face the day. And then if we can find ways to embrace and, uh, you know, acknowledge and absorb those elements of ourselves and not live under the shadow of shame with them, then they can be very empowering. For me, I've been on a long journey of mental wellness and, you know, have been, um, you know, a gratefully recovering addict for going on two decades now and, and someone who deals with depression, anxiety. Um, but, but that's, that's more common than we all want to admit. And I think that, uh, acknowledging and, and, and accepting that those parts of ourselves and knowing that we're, we're good enough is it's really important. And, and, and also for my physical, you know, embarrassment that I had about my, my polka dots, if you will, surrounding yourself with people who truly love you and, and accept you no matter what is so vital to, I think, success in this world. And, um, when I met my wife 12 years ago, she looked at my spots and she thought they were super hot and cool. (laughs) And she was so into them. And I never looked at them that way. I never looked at them as like a, something to be proud of, like that they were like, could be cool. And now I do. Now I, I, I like my, I don't cover them up anymore. I don't, you know, hide it. Now you alluded to uh, Polka Dot Man, um, uh, you know, in the trailer, kind of being down and out, and in the comic book, he <laughs> he, he's, he has a very um, hard time in the comics. I think oh at one my point gosh. he's pursued by a uh, a leopard by Robin of Batman and Robin. Um, how did the comics influence the character at all? If you can talk at all about sure. That. Well, I mean, again, look at him visually the way he was brought to life in the comic books, if you look at James's vision and you see him in the trailer, there is absolutely a connectivity between Polka Dot Man. Um, I think his first appearance was in 1963 in, um, I want to say detective comics. Um, I can't remember what number it was, maybe number 200 or 300, but it's, you know, Batman and Robin versus the bizarre polka dot man and the look of, of Abner and in that comic and what James created with his vision of it is, is not very different. Um, but yet it is so, it's really beautiful. I got to say, man, he, he is so meticulous in his vision for every single character's costume, the details of their costume, their hair, their makeup, their everything. And, the team that he is surrounded by, the artists that bring this vision to life for him um, are the best of the best. And so um, the costume designer, Judiana, who is, you know, worked on the Guardians movies and so many other, I mean, she, her resume is just insane. Um, I'll never forget that moment, man, like walking into my first fitting, putting on the costume, lacing up the boots, 
standing in front of the mirror, putting on the the helmet and the goggles. And I just got like tears in my eyes. And then James came in to see it and he gave me a big hug and I, it was really emotional and I, I couldn't believe it. And, um, he seemed very happy. I, I, I hope, I hope he's happy with, with Abner and I know he's happy with the costume. If he's not happy with my performance, I know he's very happy with how I look. <laughs> well, let me ask, cause you're, uh, I'm going to talk about your screenwriting a little bit later, but, uh, you, you're someone who's written films before. What is it like working with someone who not only wrote a film and is directing it, but also one at this level and this budget? And for those who don't know, um, we're talking about James Gunn. So I just, yes, I've written, um, been an actor for, you know, a, a long time now. And, um, I look up to filmmakers like James in such a special way, because not only are they, is, is he an amazing human being who carries himself as a person with a great deal of dignity and love and compassion for both the world and, 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 and the animals and the earth that we all share, but he has a voice. He has a vision. When you sit down to watch a James Gunn film and whether that is, you know, you know, Slither, Super, or something like um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know that you're going on a ride and you don't know what to expect next. And I have so much gratitude for storytellers like James. And then to be on his set and to be in his hands, I, I feel like as an actor, you're kind of putty in the hands of the, the visionary that is the director. Um, he guides you in such a beautiful way towards achieving what he needs. Um, I love it. I loved being directed by James on set. There was times he would give me little notes, big notes, um, encouragement, always encouraging you to go further, to take more risks, to be as brave as you can be. And it's not hard to do that when your, your leader, your director does everything that way. It sounds like uh, not only his authority, but I think a lot of it is the way uh, director gives notes. Can you think of a time he, he gave you a note where, you know, maybe it was a hard note to receive, but the way he gave it to you really sure. put you down the right path? So let's think about if we've all seen the trailer at this point for the Suicide Squad. It's both in the Red Band trailer and the green. Um, there's a moment where, um, you know, uh, uh, Idris Elba playing... Bloodsport says, we're all going to die. And then Abner, my character, turns to him and says, I hope so. Any questions? Hand. Yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all going to die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. On that day, making that, you know, that's a very important line that says so much about a character. And James has patience to help me get there. And I'll, I'll, uh, he, he, he was talking to me as I was performing that scene and encouraging me to just find stillness within myself, to breathe and allow the emotions of that moment to not be forced, but to allow the uncomfortable awkwardness that that was growing inside my belly, um, thinking about that line and, and how Abner really feels in that moment. And, um, and so we did it and did it and, and James just kept, you know, encouraging me to 
exist in that space, to breathe deeper, to take my time with it, to allow all those emotions to come to the surface. And they did. I mean, just saying that line, I, I was on the verge of bursting out into tears because of the way he was helping encourage me be as authentic or honest as I could be in, in saying it. It's not, it's not a joke line to James Gunn. You know, he writes hilarious stuff, but he doesn't write it as a punchline. He doesn't write these moments or these thoughts as, oh, this is going to be funny. He writes it because it means something and it's going to mean something to the character. It's going to mean something to the audience. And um, it's a beautiful thing, man. Uh, it sounds beautiful. Um, and you mentioned Idris Idris Elba. Um, this cast is amazing. He's in it. Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, John Siena, Taka Waititi, Nathan Fillion, Pete Davidson, uh, Fluga Borg, Michael uh, Rooker. I, I, what was it like working with these people? And is there anyone in particular who surprised you the most? All of them. All of them amazing. <laughs> all of them incredible. All of them wonderful, kind people, except... Steve Agee, who used to push me around on set, and he was a real bully. I'm just kidding. I love Steve. He's <laughs> one of my best friends. Steve was our on-set King Shark, and he also plays John. Oh. He plays John Economus in the film, which is a character that I think is going to steal some scenes. I think he's. Uh, I think people are going to fall in love with John Economus. Um, and Steve was also not only one of my best friends, but one of my favorite actors. Um, so getting to play with with Steve, um, who's somebody that's a dear friend and who I love, was a special gift for me um, in the movie. Um, I was very pleasantly blown away and surprised by newcomer um, Daniela Melchior, who plays the Ratcatcher mm-hmm. 2. I think that she had this incredible gift for being very sincere and emotionally authentic while at the same time she made me laugh probably harder than anybody else um, in that movie. Just just between takes, like as a friend in real life, she would crack me up. And then, um, I mean, Joel Kinnaman, who I was like intimidated by, I thought this guy is going to be this badass who is such an amazing actor and he's so serious and he's so, you know, tough and strong and he couldn't have been more kind and loving and fun to be around. And I love his Rick flag. I think what he does with that character is, is just insane. I think that um, Idris has been an acting hero for mine for many years since the wire and Luther. And, um, and now he's, you know, an international blockbuster movie star Um, watching his process and getting to do scenes or, you know, like doing that line with him where I say, I hope so. That was, um, it's a big moment for me in my career. And then um, I know I'm leaving people off here, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that getting to go to work with Margot to witness somebody up close and personal who is at the top of their game, one of the most talented you know, artists on planet Earth, who's also one of the most prolific actors and producers and creators on planet Earth. And then to discover that they're also just such uh, humble, kind, generous, you know, person that was, um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was amazing. The name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And David, what are you currently obsessed with? I'm so obsessed right now with Philadelphia. It's a fantastic comic book from Rodney Barnes. I've been obsessed with it for a minute, but I love it. Okay, and then uh, we wrap up our show with doing a thing called Pick One. I give you a couple choices. You pick one. It doesn't mean one is better than the other, and you're encouraged to talk it out. So I'd like to play Pick One. Sound good? Sounds awesome. <laughs> playing here. Okay, first one. Playing a bad guy, playing a good guy, or playing a funny guy? Pick one. Playing a bad guy. I pick playing a bad guy. It's so much fun to get to try and explore what it is that makes them do the things that they do and try and understand why they are who they are and why they behave the way they do. That's brilliant. And actually, that's an unfair question because you're you're much better actor than to be like, yeah, funny guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, here's my last pick one. Um, it's a long, long one, but I'm going to go through it. So pick one, Thomas Schiff, Polka Dot Man, Calendar Man, The Penguin, Abracadabra, Dwight Pollard, or Kurt from Ant-Man? Polka Dot Man. Abner. I like to, I prefer to call him Abner. Abner Krill, the polka dot man. Mr. Polka dot to you, Patrick. Well, I say I had, I did have like Mr. Polka dot or polka dot man, but that's a whole thing, another conversation. Um, And before we go, I want to give you a chance. Is there anything else you want to mention or anything you want to clarify? Um, thanks again for having me on. I love talking to you. I love your passion for um, genre and for comic books. And for anyone out there who's listening and they do love comic books, please go to your local comic shop, buy as many things as you can afford, support comic books, support your local brick and mortar comic shops. And if you get a chance, pick up Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter from Dark Horse Comics. It's a comic that I created and wrote. Um, Lucas Kettner's artwork will blow your mind. And again, excited, just like with Suicide Squad, that people are going to get vaccinated so you can go to the movie theaters and we can enjoy this in the communal magic that is the cinema. I want to thank David for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. You can watch The Suicide Squad in theaters or on HBO Max starting August 6th. You can buy David's comic, Count Crowley, through Dark Horse Comics. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.